Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, hilarious, wonderful, squatty pottied up co-host, Monica. Hi, <laughs> hi, 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 Monica. Hi, 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 Amanda. Thanks for the amazing introduction and outing myself right there. There is no judgment coming from me. I think a squatty potty is the coolest thing ever. Like, their their marketing team is, like, on point. Have you seen the unicorn video? The unicorn poop yes, video? Yes, I've seen unicorn video like if is, anything i'm just a little bit jealous that i have a squatty potty and you don't yeah hashtag christmas wish list is all i'm saying <laughs> oh i'm gonna put it on there <laughs> amazing yeah i thought it's great you know when you get to a certain age sometimes it's nice to let it go <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually pretty proud of that Frozen reference. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's definitely giving a new spin on that song. <laughs> Maybe one I didn't want to think about before. <laughs> it's amazing. And on that note, Frozen 2 is out or will be out soon, like in four days, something, or it's already out when this episode is live. Oh. So yay. I didn't know that was happening. Where are you living? Under a rock? Apparently. Apparently. Frozen yeah. 2 is like said to be an amazing sequel of an amazing and very successful Disney movie. Yeah. I, I didn't did. like it. You didn't like it? I didn't really like Frozen. Hmm. I mean, it didn't do it for me. There were so many better Disney movies. I don't quite get why that turned out to be such a hyped movie. Hmm. Wasn't quite sure. Because it wasn't really something hardcore for women's rights, but it seemed to be that so many people thought it was. I don't know. But like how? Have like Lilo and her sister? I don't know. Tangled? Yeah. Rapunzel is fucking badass. Merida? Merida? Yeah. And I get is Moana came out after Frozen, didn't didn't that? So that doesn't count. But yeah, there's like there's so many better Disney films in my opinion. I guess. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just a really great marketing coup from Disney for whatever reason. I think I need to Maybe rewatch they it. They had the same marketing team as the Squatty Potty. Did they, though? Well, it was all full of shit. <laughs> what? I don't know. I was trying to say that Frozen is shit. And the squatty potty create helps you create shit. I don't know. I lost my train of thought, okay? I just tried to make something up and I like to say shit. You just wanted to make the connection because I won't particularly say Frozen was shit. It was just probably not the best Disney movie I've ever seen. It was, it was meh. Meh. 
On that note, Disney Plus launched, but we can't res- we can't watch it yet. Nope. Sad, sad times. And what yeah, the UK there's not really much on it, anyways. What there's so much on it is what I've I don't, heard. I, Tom was saying that there's actually not all that much on it. He's like, because I said, because we go to Florida on Friday, so by the time this episode's out, we'll be there for a week. And I was like, why don't we get Disney Plus for two months? And he was like, well, it's not really anything on it. What the fuck? All the people, all the US people I have on my Facebook feed are delighted. Yeah. He's just saying that because he's sad that you can't have it at the moment. Probably. Yeah. I do think that it was a silly move for Disney not to do a worldwide release, though, because shows like The Mandalorian are so available on other methods. So when it does get released here, like it's people can be like, oh, I've already seen the new stuff. So yeah. Why would I get true. this? That's true. And I can't imagine that you can't. Apparently, it was all faulty also. Like, there was so yeah. much shit happening. Which And there was a huge data breach, I think. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah. But what I mean is, I can't imagine that it's technically so difficult to set that up worldwide already. I yeah. mean, it comes to Germany in March. Isn't the UK also part of that? group i don't know i really stopped paying attention i was like we don't get it at launch fuck you disney oh man i want it will come here when it comes here and then i will get on board with it but until then i'm just gonna ignore it or get it in florida for two months yeah i think you should at least try it in florida for two months we'll see we'll see it's only eight dollars i know it's like cheap as anything but we'll see because you know, my parents won't exactly be like, yeah, let's watch all the Disney shows. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you need to have a U.S. credit card for that to work, though. I um, It's what I heard. Hmm. But yeah, because people well, obviously try to connect or buy it via VPN, but that didn't work. Hmm. Then I'll be no. like, Dad, buy Disney Plus for us all. And he'll be like, eh, no. <laughs> So what are we going to talk about today? We have a Geek Girl Reviews today. It's amazing. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been way too long, really. So we had the pleasure of watching Feminists, What Were They Thinking? Which is a documentary available on Netflix that came out in 2017. It's already quite long ago, to be fair. Yeah, And I find the the title a bit misleading. (laughs) Me too. Because it seems like it's a big fat ass criticism towards feminism, which is not really. <laughs> yeah, it's like a celebration of feminism and like second wave feminism and how awesome it was. That is very true. It's interesting because I think it plays a lot into the situation that especially the second wave feminism is criticized a lot now or or the new wave feminism seems to try to um distinguish themselves again from whatever happened before so i feel that's a documentary that tries to show again why it was necessary how it's still valid and how it's still important to um stand up and call yourself a feminist even though a lot of women nowadays consider themselves not feminists or like some other kind of feminist that is not like the second wave feminism women in there well that was not a sentence but you get what i'm saying i get what you're saying i i would say that i learned quite a lot from this documentary um in terms of maybe more first-hand experiences as opposed to this generalized overview of what was going on back in the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s um 
And I have to say that the second wave feminism was really cool. Like I kind of wish that I was back in that era, joining all those grassroots movements, hanging out with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and these like, I don't know, it was just class. I was like, I am on board with everything that is going on right now. I really enjoyed the documentary. (laughs) So basically how they set up this, that thing was that there was a, um, how do you call it? Either like a book with images that a certain artist made or a photographer made and put together, which put um, all the feminists back in these times um, into the book and made pictures from it, basically. Yeah, the book is called Emergence, and it's by a photographer called Cynthia McAdam. And it's a very artistic look at women being women, like feminists uh, women who are very involved in the feminist movement in the 60s and 70s getting their photographs taken and like a good probably 60% of them are nude there's a lot of naked ladies I haven't seen the 60% to be fair <laughs> well it was just as she was slipping through the book I was like most of these pictures are nude I, I would have t- said the total opposite a few of them were nude but a lot of most of them were dressed Oh, wow. No, I guess I noticed naked ladies more than you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious right now. But I also like the, like boobs. The, so like, whatever. <laughs> it's like the violinist said, I can't remember her name, but she said that uh, her picture where she's naked playing the violin, she's like, I don't see my nudity. All I see is a woman passionate about playing the violin. Maybe that's what so, happened. Yeah, I was like, huh, naked ladies. <laughs> And you were like, oh, look at all these women being feminists and hardcore and really passionate about what they're doing. I'm wondering if back in initially when they created that book, um, if that was even, or in general, that Archer, all these photographies, if it was generally intended to be all about feminists, but ge- but more about um, women being women. And then later, and especially in hindsight, it turned out that a lot of them, in, a lot of people in the books were actually also in the feminist movement. I feel like maybe it could have been like women that were in the feminist movement were maybe approached to be in this book because they would have been more open and willing to pose for the pictures. Hmm. I don't know. It, because I, I had the feeling at some point she said they were meeting women on the street and asked them if they want to be taken if they want to have pictures taken from them that's why my initial thought was she approached random women and to show them their true selves because that was what that was basically what she wanted them to do just be themselves as authentic as possible on these pictures that she was taking um yeah no i i totally see what you're saying and i i remember them saying that in the documentary and i think that maybe for a a good portion there there was that but then there must have been because there's so many women that were that were famous and involved in like the art community and the and acting and um, music and composing and like I feel like they had to have had some level of recognition maybe. I mean, I guess that's also the circle that you're living in, right? I mean, if the artist who created these images was living with these women and they were part of her everyday lives, then obviously those are the women around her as well. And those are the ones that that then she will be the first ones to be in the book, I guess. Mm. Because wherever she walks, other women like her will be as well. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like so. attracts like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they asked a question uh, towards the very beginning of the documentary. They said, do women look different because of feminism? What do you think? You mean especially in that book or? Maybe not necessarily in the book. And do you mean compared to like in the 19th? some things to now or do you mean a woman who has uh experienced or has realized that it's important to be a feminist and the before and after from that like no i think my my question is do you think that feminists look different from women who aren't feminists okay that's a different question if anything i think that maybe women or feminist women are um, more self-confident, maybe. Um, that would be the only thing where I would say that would make sense because they fight for their rights. They they are very aware of what's going on. They often sh smell manipulation before it's happening, or at least they notice it earlier because of how reflective they are about their situation in the world and the society and everything. So I guess, yeah, maybe they're more self-aware and more self-confident in that regard. And that's what might be something that distinguishes them visually from, from women who are not feminists. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess there are also very self-confident, not very feminist women <laughs> around. True. Yeah, it's an interesting question that they asked because looking through, like flipping through emergence in the in the documentary, it was like these women are all very self-assured and they all have that look of defiance, like not gonna bomb your building or something, but like they, they all looked like they were ready to make change, like they were going to defy the current like societal norms and... I mean, especially in the book, we have to be aware that it was also during a time where it was, it was an uproar revolutionary movement. So mm -hmm. they were gonna do it. They were, they were gonna go out and fight the fight, right? So I see how that's also a bit of a subject to the time that pictures were taken in. Um, also, I mean the 68 movement and everything, a lot of nudity and hippie and blind, all of that, that was all going on at the same time. So, um, so I guess that's really a big subject to these times, I guess. Uh, and especially coming from a feminist artist who has exactly that intention in, in, in her, in mind, we basically look through her lens as well. So we mm -hmm. basically double feministed in that moment feminist <laughs> whatever <laughs> i see what you're saying <laughs> yeah. but yeah i mean i think feminism can come in all forms shapes and sizes and in all ways and i think every single one of them is important um and i mean in so many other like with so many other things it's important to recognize um the history around all of that because mm -hmm. They basically were talking about the same issue, like the second wave of feminism also was not happy to be associated with the first wave of feminism with the suffragettes. Um, yeah. So that's something that we have to be aware of, that we all kind of want to distinguish ourselves from the past in a way, and that's often connected to 
fighting it somehow. Um, but it's really important to be aware of what happens to one not forget. Like it's not only with feminism, but also with all the racism and stuff. So all the uh, Nazi Germany and all that shit. If we forget about what happened, it's easier to fall into the same trap again. So yeah, repeat patterns and, yeah. and really just not actually move forward, but yeah. you're just moving parallel to yourself. Yeah, totally. And documentaries like this, show you at least that basically they were fighting for the same things, even though it seems like we've come so far now and they've we're not feminists anymore and it's not necessary because we've come so far. And especially in the, with the 2017 situation where they were still talking about all the abortion stuff, if they were going to make it illegal again and all the shit. That's, again, news again in 2017, 18, 19, and not only in 1960s, 70s. I feel like a lot of the problems, like you say, that happened then are still very much here, but there's a lot that has changed because of the movement in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like the suffragettes, obviously, first first wave feminism brought like women the right to vote and women the right to do a lot of things. and then second wave brought us up a little bit more, but everybody is still fighting for like some of these very basic constitutional rights, mm. really, and societal rights and cultural rights and and just making women be actual fucking human beings. Mm. Um, and like every generation of feminism is getting us one step closer, like getting a whole bunch of things done really well. Like we've got things now that we didn't have in the 70s, mm. um, but we still don't have true equality. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, th- who have I heard say that? It's difficult in general because there are also women who um, benefit from the patriarchy in mm. certain ways. So that's why it's not a unified movement because some women, some women totally benefit from um, from the situation, right? So that what makes it difficult and then they say yeah we've come so far we can vote we 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 can do this and that and this and that but it's more nuanced than this it's way more complex than this because a lot of the things now just mean way more pressure on women as well like the 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 double um double standard and the double personality and the double pressure on women for having to stay at home and then also going to work and then swinging it all at the same time that's not just something that's equality it's just way more pressure so it's not that the men have the same issues now that, that that women have but it's just not quite there yet and we just get portions of it but it's the general circumstances are so much bigger and it needs it's so much more nuanced then but we can do this this already and we can do that already um so yeah i think it's important to always have that in mind that there are always more things that we can achieve and that it's really important to do that yeah i like what jane fonda said actually she said any healthy person should be in perpetual revolution and perpetual change mm. um and like jane fonda was pretty instrumental back in second wave feminism um and i mean she's just fucking amazing anyways <laughs> um so I, i've got like a huge jane fonda crush so i mean how old is she what 80 something uh, yeah i can't um, even handle the fact that she's 80 something i find that particularly unhealthy how skinny she is to be fair but she must well, be like super fit and shit because i'm like she's what super the fuck? fit 
Yeah, yeah. Um, she she was arrested uh, not, just recently not for climate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw for that protesting climate change. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking anything, yeah. like you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She like, is, she is the kind of woman that we should all be aspiring to be. Like this kind of person who is always changing for the better, always pushing for positive change. I'm just like. There is no greater woman alive. <laughs> I love how she, I mean, I didn't love it, but I was fascinated that even a chain Fonda said, who is, as you said, 80 something. She said she only realized a few years ago that no is a full sentence. And I'm like, if Jane Fonda, who's 80 something says that, then I'm like, wow, you can't yeah. even imagine how deep this shit is ingrained in our brains. How, how we as women and men as well just react out of cultural norm sometimes mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So it's really tough to yeah, break out of these patterns that we're all living in every day. Yeah. She said that in response or when she was talking about the film she was in Barbarella, where mm -hmm. the opening scene is basically her hanging totally nude from a ceiling, like writhing around Um And she said that she didn't want to be nude, but she didn't know how to say no. She said that was the thing that she was... There were a lot of other things that she didn't like. That was basically just a side thing that wasn't even the worst thing that had happened to her while she was in um, the movie industry, in the film industry. That was something where I was like, great. Don't even want to know what happened to her as well. Um considering she mentioned that that was not the worst thing that they made her do. I didn't know. Sorry, we'll just talk about movies for a second because yeah. they also talked about uh, working nine to five with Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't know that that was so instrumental in second wave feminism. Like it was brought up because uh, a question was like, when all the secretaries were kind of like, our bosses are dicks. Um, and the question was posed, what would you do to your boss if you could, get away with it and that's how the movie nine to five with dolly parton and lily tomlin and jane fonda was born and i'm like this is i didn't know that this is amazing like i i love the song and i i have to say i've never actually seen the film so i'm gonna have to finally like watch it but i've never seen the film either um but i knew the song when they were playing it i was like what and then it was fascinating to me that lily tomlin and jane fonda were already there in the movies together and now they do grace and frankie oh, so grace and frankie is uh, so good yeah it's so good so, so good that i found also pretty fascinating so they go back together like way 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 back yeah so yeah the basically how the documentary is set up is that they Tell the stories of the women in the book that Amanda mentioned before, Immersions. Sorry, now I remembered. And they walk them through their lives a bit and through their individual stories. And they were all interesting in every single way because some had the experience that um, they were married and then they got divorced because she cheated, even though he cheated as well. And then she was left with nothing. Um, and how she got through all of that and how to um, grow up in a society and be a black woman and a woman because that's also, diff also difficult in that combination as well. Just following on from what you said there, um, the, there were a couple of women of color 
um, featured in the documentary. And one of them said that black women actually have to silence their gender in order to talk about the racial issues because mm. you can't be a black woman and a feminist. Um, I mean, I mean, you can, but yeah. <laughs> like it, it is, it is hard to be on the fighting stage for two, two movements, like to mm-hmm. move both women's rights forward and racial rights forward. Um, and I mean, that's something that a book that I recently read be called, um, called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People about race by Renee Edo Lodge. She brought up about black, fem- black uh, feminism and how this is even now, like in the last kind of 10, 15 years, like recent in the new age of feminism, um, white women are very resistant to having black women in their feminism spaces. Didn't um, seem to change at all, considering that exactly that's exactly what they said in the documentary that we've watched just now. Yeah, like nothing, nothing has changed on that side. Pathetic. It is pathetic because, of course, like we we need all women as part of this new age feminism. I mean, also especially, I think black women need the movement, considering that they were. I had no fucking idea they were sterilized secretly in hospitals like what the actual fuck man yeah and then i don't get how you then don't want to have them on the table especially as a feminist movement i'm like they need that like desperately need that movement because their bodies are not at all theirs and and yeah i mean i can't even (laughs) Can't even word how shocked I was when I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. I, I think there are really no words for it. Like it's so so utterly ridiculous. And as as two women who are feminists and who are working through like in uh, structural racism and and all our own racist bias, like we see these things and we're like, but this is not okay. How do other people not see that? this is not okay yeah how, and how was this ever okay like I, back in the I, 60s 70s i don't i can't even wrap my head around it how people think it's a great idea to sterilize people of color just because they're unconscious and can't give you like with what argument with what argument and why why would you i mean i can't even <laughs> yeah <sighs> sorry yeah had to sigh for a second <laughs> yeah no i'm just kind of like I, I i don't know what to say it was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> this world be fucked <laughs> this world be fucked i mean to be fair most of the people also in the like most of the women were all part of this apparently big artist community so they had to create their own school they had to actually build their own female place where they can share art together and learn from each other and 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 um what did one say institutions are the ones who write history and there were no institutions for women only before that so that's why the second wave feminist movements movement had to create that sort of institution they had women pay for some kind of education with them. And then when they got there, they had no room. They were sharing a place with whoever initiated that. I forgot her name. I'm sorry. Um, I can't remember her name either. And part of that being part of that institution was also actually building that institution. 
um, mm-hmm. which was just insane as well. But it really made it their space. Yeah, it yeah. Made it a, a space that that men weren't welcome in. Men had no involvement in. Yeah, it was a true feminist art movement. And then they did invite men, and in, obviously once once the art installations were were up, and they they did invite men in mm. to see what it was like to be a woman. Yeah. And it, they said that it did help men realize like a lot of the shit that women go through. Mm. Um, there was another art in- installation that went around the world, or at least around the United States, that, uh, over a million people saw. And it was, oh my gosh, what was it called? Um, dinner time or women's dinner or something. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I should have written it down. Um, but it was basically, it was dinner plates, but on the dinner plates were cast molds of women's vaginas. Um, like, And then they were painted and embroidered and um then there was just a huge dinner party of colorful vaginas and wasn't every which every vagina is difficult for me to say with a v v thing <laughs> every hoo-ha that's easier um <laughs> uh, every hoo-ha had a special um time in history allocated to it so basically all the dinner table all the plates so all the who has was part of one part of women's history as well yeah like i think that that is such a powerful piece of art like it's incredible and the fact like they had cues lining up around the block to go in and see it and but the thing that i love the most about this piece of art is that they were arguing about it. These old white men were arguing about this art piece, like at Congress level. Like in in one when one dude <laughs> was standing there saying, I am a poet, but this is not art. And I'm like, Yeah, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> it's like because let's be honest, for, with some things I was when when they when they saw when you saw parts of the of this thing, I was like is that one even like not every part of it was clearly a hoo-ha it was just mm-hmm. really amazing how you can also recreate a vagina um like they had a, an actual plate but just what what the pattern of the plate was was then if you look at it close and if you think about it a second it could be yes that could actually be a hoo-ha so it was just really great art and they were just appalled yeah. Yeah, old white conservative men. <laughs> yeah, and always mostly Republicans. Is that what 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 you could see arguing about this? Though to be yeah. fair, in those times, who the fuck knows? Maybe Democrats were the same. What I liked it was um, I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been uh, an artist called Zed Budapest. Yeah. Um, and she, I think it was her. She said, "When you become aware of the rules, it's easier to break them and to be free." And it might not have been her actually, but I love this because I think that it's important and it's still important now for um, for people who are trying to fight their oppression and fight the patriarchy and fight against what is going on. You need to know exactly what the laws are. You need to know the rules. You need to know what's going on because when you do, you can be like, well, I am like willfully choosing to go against that and break that and start a movement against that. And in turn, you know what? I'm going to gain my freedom because of it. Mm, totally. I don't remember who said who that who said that either. But I think the 
I think it might have been Jane Fonda because I thought I might, maybe Jane Fonda or Lily Tomlin. They said, all of us gain from the fact that there was a feminist movement. And I think that's really important to notice that the feminist movement is not about women fighting against men or taking away something from men or, I don't know, breaking the world and leaving it shattered on the floor or something. It's about... Um, raising everyone to a certain standard and to a certain equality, which then really benefits everyone and not just, it's not just about making it the benefit for women, but it's about bringing everyone on the same level. Yeah. Women are, are fighting as a team for all women now, mm. but it's not just for all women. And like Hillary Clinton said, human rights are women's rights mm. and women's rights are human's rights. Mm. And it is interconnected and it is the same thing. And it's not just something that we need to do for women. We need feminism for men as well. Yeah. We need to teach our men how to be better and and try to break this culture of toxic masculinity because I wouldn't even say we need to teach men to be better. We need to teach men that they can be whatever they want to be as well. And they don't need to be stuck in that not showing feelings and not like sticking to that toxic masculinity pattern that's going on even though because it's not benefiting them like not really emotionally benefiting them and the benefit they that they gain from it is not really one of substance or really big importance i mean yes sure one can say money is the most important thing but is it really no it's not really that's not the thing that we all die naked and can take nothing with us so that's not how money should not be the thing that drives you in life that i mean should not be the thing that drives money doesn't make you happy so being a good person probably does <laughs> so yeah it shouldn't be the most important thing and not the thing that you that gives you meaning in life yeah but i don't, i think that being a good person might not exactly be the thing to say either or the thing to strive to be either because being a good person probably means that you're going to stick with the rules. But I think in order to to make a change to the world and make a change to the rules, you need to break them. You need to be disobedient and you need to behave badly, quote unquote, badly. <laughs> I think that's that's the way where we then walk separate ways in our approach to feminism because i think you would i mean it's not an approach to feminism and it's not walk separate ways but it's like i feel you would be the first one in line with radical movements as well where i'm like i'm not a fan of radical like in all regards i think yes sometimes it's important to bend in order to i don't want to force with violence people into a path and I think it's possible to change society in a different way as well. I'm not saying I'm gonna like I, that to be disobedient means you need to go and punch things and burn down buildings <laughs> and burn your bras. Like I'm not saying you that, don't want to burn saying, your bra. <laughs> no, they're too much money. They're too way too expensive. <laughs> I wouldn't burn that. <laughs> um, no, but like to be disobedient, you need to make noise. I think that like this podcast talking about geek feminism like there are so many male geeks out there who are like no there there is no place for women in geekdom like there you you don't belong here and we're being like fuck you yes we do that's disobedience telling that that those geek dudes who are like gatekeeping and being like women don't belong here 
we're telling them to go away and we're breaking those rules that they have in their own head because obviously we do belong here and but then for me that's not a rule well it's not a rule but it's being like not listening to what they want not being a meek person it's it's taking a stance and our stance is to go forth and thrive thrive and talk about this and make changes and be part of this movement and like i i think that you know there is a certain i definitely think there's a level of disobedience that we're doing with geek caring for me it's more i don't think i would call it disobedience Uh, for me it doesn't feel like disobedience for me it's just me doing me and I don't well, need maybe, to- maybe you're already way more radical than you ever even thought. Maybe <laughs> you're so radical you don't even know what radical is. Maybe like you're, you're maybe so I'm next radical. level radical. Yeah. No, it, for me it's not something that's up for discussion. So it's not that I I'm not going to discuss with someone if that's my place or not. That's my place. Period. So I don't need that level of disobedience because it's my place and you that can't decide for me what my place in my world is oh, monica you're so disobedient I'm i so love it talk dirty to me again <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're right like i would be first out there on the streets protesting um for for women's rights for feminism for for racial issues injustice i i will be out there um I mean, like, to be fair, I probably won't be out there because I always hear about these events, like, after they've happened. And I'm like, <laughs> damn it, oh, man, I would have gone to that. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just my bad because I'm really bad at keeping up with stuff. But, um, <laughs> you know, in my heart, I am at those front lines. I totally, I totally notice and I totally acknowledge it. For me, you're in the front lines. Even if you're not in the front lines, you're in the front lines. So it's almost as good as actually being there. (laughs) It's like I'm in the front lines of my heart. I just, I'm always late to things. So then I'm not. Yeah. But yeah, I think like the, I, I I love, I love this documentary. I know that you said that you were just kind of like, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I fall, I fell asleep the very first time that I started it. And when I watched it now, I was like, yeah, maybe I recall why I fell asleep. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if it's maybe because because it was not I don't know it was this um uh like biographical um research quanti- qualitative research situation where you basically through telling your story you get more insight into a situation and that's basically what the documentary is about which was interesting but I think I was expecting something different when I started it, which maybe was also finding out more, maybe it's just because I already knew quite from university quite something. I don't know. I mean, it was a, still a great documentary, and especially towards the ending, it was more and more emotionally captivating for me. And I feel it's important, especially um, for women who think that feminism is not their cup of tea, to watch that documentary. I think for that target audience i think that's a great thing to watch because you see the personal insights of these all these women who've been part of it who who get uh, who get so 
like made into these monsters like they were horrible because they were so brutal and blah 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 they all had their reasons reasons and this documentary showed that in a really nice way so i think it's a good one if you want to maybe and maybe that's why the title is so misleading i don't think it's a great title yeah but that's something that people who would be against feminism would start to watch wouldn't it Hmm. Well, yeah, maybe that's that's a good point. Maybe that is what it is. It's like, okay, it's a, yeah, I can see that. It's a bit click, clickbaity where I'm like, yeah, what were they really thinking, assholes? And then you start watching and then you get into these stories of every individual woman and that's then something that makes it more personable and then more relatable. And suddenly yeah. you're there thinking, true, that's all shit and we need to keep fighting for our rights. Woohoo. I mean, that's me putting a lot of responsibility into one Netflix documentary, but hey. (laughs) I mean, I think that there's been a lot. Like, it came about just after Trump was elected to office. And so I think that it was in response to to that as well. Yeah. Um, Like, very strongly in response to that, all the women's marches that that took place outside the White House, like, um, trying to stop this new era of horrible (laughs) i'm like i don't even this new era of white nationalism men supremacist i don't know this bullshit that we're in now um like trying to bring more awareness to what we have fought for for hundreds of years yeah yeah probably um but I, i i did like the documentary a lot and i have recommended it to two people already. Like I watched it yesterday and I recommended it to nice. people, especially one of them is, is a friend of mine who wouldn't necessarily probably consider herself a feminist. So um, I think that she would get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because like, like uh, the documentary said, it said, believe that there is something higher that we can be. Yeah. Because I think that we can all be better people. And if watching a documentary aimed at, people who don't consider themselves feminists is the step one then yeah that's good yeah i agree yeah i mean as they there's always things about being a woman that means we still need feminism like there are still hard things about being a woman there's still bad things about being a woman and especially in other countries yeah um and even in northern ireland like we're still fighting for a lot of shit right now yeah um and we need feminism. We need feminism in order to move forward in this world and to be better people, to be better societies, to be a better culture, to be a better place. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Can't even add anything to that. That's, yeah, ma'am. That's why we yeah. need. Yeah, woman. <laughs> yeah, woman. Yeah, woman. Yes, people. It's people. Peeps. Neutral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, watch it. Feminists. What were they thinking? Um, watch it watch it on netflix yeah and let us know what you think why not join us over on discord geekcaring.com forward slash discord and let us know what you thought about the documentary um we would be happy to get into some discourse with you yes obviously yep cool i think cool that's it that's that's it that's what we got i'm excited that we had a review again (laughs) yeah me too so yeah. yeah See you next week for another really cool episode of Geek Herring. Bye. Bye. 
you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. Thank <laughs> you.